Yeah, I'm leaving that in. Hello and welcome to Off Time Jive. Um, who are you? Eugene Galasso. I'm Tyler Pino. And again, we're Sansa Jamie Selman. What is? Where is he? Jamie Selman is in a beautiful place right now where I wish I could be. He's with a beautiful woman. Um, I won't mention her name, but... Uh, but we all know who it is. We all know who it is. No, no, no. Somebody might. Well, ah, that is a beautiful place to be. But you know where else is a beautiful place to be, Eugene? In the world of small-time podcasting. It's the only place to be for me right now. Right. Well, that's what we all aspire towards. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> We're living the dream, man. We are. We are. Just not with the, you know, not with the, uh, you know, loads of money in my pocket yet. But Hey, man, it's on its way, I'm sure. We can't be keep doing this for free. I mean, at some point, somebody's going to have to give us, like, a whole bunch of money just by virtue of the fact that we're great. I mean, just 20 bucks a day is fine. Ah, that would be I good. I don't want to sell myself short, but, like, 20 bucks a day, whoo. That'd yeah. be better than nothing, you know? I mean, anything's better than nothing. But anyway, uh, what's new in your life? What's going on this week? All right, so this week I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, basically, me and Sami are just putting together his studio. We finally have it all together. I think we'll be done putting it together in downtown Lake Worth um, by probably Friday. Um, and then on Saturday, I have an art show on Lucerne. Um at the Unit 1 Gallery. The guy who's um, hosting the entire thing, his name is Jacques de Buford. I have two pieces in there and stuff. Um, Jacques de Buford was a old teacher friend of mine who um, kind of just, you know, saw my talent and decided to run with it, even though... A teacher at Dreyfus School of the Arts? No, a teacher at PBSC. Oh. A teacher at PBSC. That's so, less impressive. Uh, yes, yes. I didn't even finish his class. <laughs> he gave One me an, those. he gave me an F in his class, but he's letting me show in his gallery. So I am... well, that's you know that's the way that art classes work. What I'm trying to say is that they don't actually matter. Eh, maybe they nothing don't. matters, bro. That's deep. <laughs> that's that's very zen of you to say, Eugene. Well, that's cool though. Yeah, getting so, stuff done. I suppose, man. I mean, like all last minute stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like I'm getting anything done. I'm just well, that's just kind of how this business works. Just well, like artistic endeavors in general, everything kind of seems to come together at the last minute. I've never been involved in a project where you know we've had way too much time. It always seems to be like, oh god, we're opening tomorrow. What are we gonna fucking do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's the nature of the beast. To be honest with you, I mean, it's part of the fun. It's part mm-hmm. of the fun is to panic a week before. And yeah. to have like an emotional breakdown and stuff, and then to mm-hmm. realize everything's okay. Drink a bunch you... of absinthe and cut off your ear. Which is yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. That's what we're doing tonight. In fact, drinking absinthe. You know the thing about absinthe is it tastes like shit, um, and it's really expensive. I've come to find. Actually, it's probably because we're doing it wrong, and it needs to be colder than what we're drinking right now. Mm-hmm. And there also needs to be a lot of sugar added, but. Right now, it just kind of tastes like aren't you supposed bad to, licorice. Aren't you supposed to burn the sugar into the absinthe on some kind of special spoon or something like that? There's a whole ritual to it. Like, they have, like, absinthe fountains, which it looks like an old-timey soda fountain. 
But the absinthe doesn't actually go into the fountain. You just put cold water in the fountain and then put the absinthe underneath it. But yeah, you're supposed to... I, I don't know if you're supposed to melt the sugar. I've never seen that done. But you're definitely supposed to add more sugar than I did. Mm-hmm. Sugar's gay, bro. I just yeah. like the straight alcohol. Right. Yeah, yeah, plug and chug. It'll do the trick. Shitty, shitty tasting liquor and good tasting liquor, they both serve the same purpose. <laughs> that they do. That mm-hmm. they do. So what's going on in Tyler's life, man? How's your week been, bro? It's been all right. There's very little going on in Tyler's life. This is kind of just a waiting period to get ready to go to New York in a week and a half. Oh, my God. A week and a half? Yeah, something like that. Oh, no. I'm going to miss the shit out of you. A week and a half. Well, we've always got Skype, and we've always got this podcast that we'll continue doing from up there, but... We need to figure out real soon how we're going to do that. Right, right. I mean, I know exactly how to do that. It's just a matter of getting you guys, like, a microphone. You have a MacBook Pro, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, then you'll... The easiest way that we're going to be able to do it is if you get a USB mic. You could get, like, one of these blue things, and then you and Jamie could both use it um, the way that we used to do it. And then we'll just, you know, do a phone conversation every week, recording it at the same time. And then I'll cut them both together. You just send me the file, and then I'll put it together. I was speaking to some people about that. Isn't there a way that we could just have a phone conversation via the internet and record the entire thing? There is. The problem with that, though, is the quality, uh, the audio quality tends to be inferior to how it would be if you were recording on an actual, like, condenser microphone like we are right now. Um, it, It sounds like a phone call it sound well it'll sound fine on my end and then it'll just sound like you're calling in from a phone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for you podcasters out there now you know you're trying yeah. to do like cross-continental podcasting yeah you got the inside scoop now you know what to do right you know who else uh, could have told you that google that's who told me that <laughs> or just kind of common sense and be like well you know we could just have two microphones uh, and then put the audio together. That seems... Yeah, but know. Google kind of crosses out common sense at this point, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. The internet has kind of uh, usurped the need to know things. Yeah. Like, we have infinite technology or in- infinite information at our fingertips at this point, but we know nothing. Because we don't have to. We don't have to because it's right at our fingertips, man. I mean, like, seriously, I'm a graphic designer, and at this point in my reality, I do not even know a business card size. Sure. You know why? Because every time I need to know a business card size, I just look it up real quick. You just quick. look it up. Yeah, yeah. No, the internet has become, it's, it's like a supplemental brain, or it's like an exterior hard drive for our actual knowledge. And I don't know. How do you think that's going to be? Like, let's say a thousand years from now, will our brains have atrophied from just the lack of the need to use them? Yeah. Yeah, it probably will, right? Like, we always kind of have this idea that human evolution will continue, like the gray alien theory. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what that is, where people are saying that, like... Um, the concept of the gray aliens, if those exist, what those are is they're like future humans coming back in time because they're completely humanoid in their appearance. Um, like it's, it just represents this world in which, uh, they pos- they theor- 
theorize, postulate, theorize. See, it's already happening. Mm -hmm. My fucking brain is atrophying. God damn you, Google. Fuck you. You're making me stupid. No. Um, they are like future humans, and they say that like the sun has burnt out, and that's why their eyes are huge. And there's no need for like skin color or hair, or it's all just kind of devolved into the gray color, like very very pale white skin and um the brains are huge because that's the one muscle that we still need is like the brain just gets bigger and bigger and bigger because we're always taking in more knowledge but that's wrong eugene those are not that is not what gray aliens are because really our heads will be smaller because we're gonna be dumb gray aliens are demons are they were demons did you hear that I heard that from a girl who was, um, you know, a newborn Christian. That, that um, Okay, so like the kind of person that would that would, that that would know. know. That would say something about demons, regardless. But she basically said that um, gray aliens and all aliens in general are demons, and the reason why that they were, um, this myth was created about aliens um, was because the government wants to control us and to have a higher power, like a higher powered human, makes us um, feel that we aren't able to we aren't able to get to that level of intelligence and uh, you know mm -hmm. understanding and stuff so so that's the way she felt yeah you know? well um, that's probably true i, w I would assume yeah, well the sure. government does want to control us all things are true no actually them. my favorite uh theory and probably the definitely the most likely one um is that our uh image of the gray alien because that is kind of something that crosses cultures it does turn up in different uh uh different countries it's not just like a uniquely american phenomenon but the idea is that it's just kind of this retained memory that you have from infanthood because when you're born your eyes haven't fully developed yet um within the first couple weeks so the way that you're seeing things is uh distorted um, so when people have these abduction dreams and what they are probably is just dreams where they say like, oh, you're frozen and you see all of these things. It's just kind of like your memory of seeing, uh, your mother or your parents or the doctors when you're first being born, you're seeing the, uh, a human being, the way that a baby perceives a human being, mm -hmm. like, you know, you're not discerning all of the individual features you just see giant eyes and no hair and kind of blobby uh undescript features so i like that idea i'm gonna go ahead and say that that's probably what it is yeah and then I mean, tonight i'll be abducted by gray aliens <laughs> I was, that would be a really good fucking story for the next episode though right right like dude you'll never believe what happened i heard gray aliens have really small penises i mean so do many people, though. Right. Wait, they don't have any penises. They're never wearing clothes. Right, right. Think about that. Like, why why do gray aliens have no genitals? <laughs> what, what is your what is your theory on that, conspiracy theorists? I want, somebody please write us in. Nerdmanmedia at gmail.com. Tell us the scientific reason that uh, gray aliens don't need genitals. Right. They mind fuck each other. Mm -hmm. Oh man. 
but on that note and stuff, talking about aliens and all that other stuff, and what is up with the sci-fi movies this week, sir? Uh, the sci-fi movies, I think you're, you're think, I think you're touching on a particular movie. Why don't you just come out and fucking say it, Eugene? What are you talking about? I'm I'm talking about fucking Godzilla, sir. I know that you went and got you went and saw it. I mean, I've seen the, the original and the Matthew Broadwick version. But mm-hmm. uh, how is this? Did you really see one? the original, like the 1956? I've seen, dude. I've seen a lot of Godzilla movies, man. Right, Godzilla right, right. But I mean, Mothra, I, I'm, I'm ta- Godzilla versus fucking, you know, mm-hmm. the the fucking metal one shit fucking godzilla mecha godzilla yeah there was also space godzilla do you remember what space godzilla looked like <laughs> have no clue space godzilla yeah he looked like godzilla but he had giant crystals coming out of his shoulders like oh. <laughs> i've been thinking about this um o- over the last week after having seen godzilla like i was like you know i'm a really big fan of godzilla but i I, I don't think that that's true. That's what I thought. I think that I was a fan of the toys when I was little, because when I was trying to go back and think, like, which is my favorite Godzilla movie, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. I just remember having all the toys. And I knew all of the individual kaiju, because I had, like, all of them. But, I don't know. I remember Godzilla vs. Mothra. And I remember, like, I think that my favorite era in Godzilla movies were like the ones that happened between the 80s and the mid 90s um where you would it it all kind of took place on Monster Island and you would have Godzilla and Mothra teaming up that was when Godzilla was our friend Mm -hmm. like in the original Godzilla movie the first one the 1954 version came out in 1956 in America and they added some footage um added like an American actor to frame the narrative uh godzilla was you know he was just the uh, uh, an uncontrollable monster a beast that came from the ocean and fucked shit up he wasn't the hero of the movie at all he was the villain um i completely forgot where i was going with this <laughs> this episode's gonna have a lot of edited stuff <laughs> yeah dude. there'll be a show in here we just don't know where it'll it'll get done regardless man <laughs> you know like we show up we we put in work yeah like um but but anyway this new godzilla you did not see this movie no i didn't see this movie at all um didn't even have the opportunity to you see should go movie. see it i recommend seeing it like i i did not like it i I'll, I'll put that on front street i wasn't a fan but a lot of people are but i i would say that it's a Everybody told me that it was, like, the best Godzilla movie since the one with Matthew Broderick. Well, here's the thing, you people. Fuck you. You've probably never seen a Godzilla movie except the one with Matthew Broderick. And that's what I've, you know, come to find on the internet. Like, all of the people that are really talking up this movie, um, they're like, well, it was so much better than the last one. I'm like, yeah, but that wasn't the only Godzilla movie. And they're all they're the same people that are going, like, this is the best Godzilla movie ever. And it's like, well, which was your favorite one? And you're just like, this one? Well, before that. Well, you know, I haven't seen them. I just, you know. Yeah, I saw the other one. Yeah. I don't like that one. Yeah, the other American like one. Dinosaurs and shit. Yeah. Right, no. And I would say that this might... No, like, honestly... In my personal opinion, my preference is probably for the uh, Matthew Broderick. Honestly, just because, are you like, kidding me? No, not at all. Because I, 
I feel like I could go back and watch that movie and find some entertainment value from it. I'm not saying that it's a good movie, it's certainly not. But this one, to me, was borderline unwatchable. This one shouldn't have been called Godzilla. They shouldn't have called the movie Godzilla if it was going to be a fucking documentary about paint drying. And that's what it was. Like, Yo, that's the story of my life. Like, yeah. I know all about paint drying. So. Right. Like. Well, then you might really like this movie. No, the fuck this movie. Okay? Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Um, now, as far why as... Why fuck it? Like, what? what is your issues? Like, why? I A lot. First of all, you barely see... Godzilla in this movie at all. He's probably in 10 minutes out of the entire movie. Mm. Um, and one of the things that people say about that is like, they're like, well, you can't show the monster too much. And I agree with that to a degree. Um, they say that had they just showed Godzilla all throughout the movie, you would have gotten really bored. Maybe. That's fine. But like, if you're going to do it, the way that they did it, and have it be about a central character. Now, this movie, okay, this movie isn't really about Godzilla. This movie is about uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, um, who is a soldier, and, you know, his 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 struggles throughout this whole Godzilla epidemic where these monsters come and attack the world. And now that would be perfectly fine, except this is the most boring fucking underdeveloped character that I've ever seen in any movie, mm -hmm. in any fucking medium. I can't think of a book, I can't think of a play, I can't think of a television show or film where there has been a more boring character than the character of Ford Brody Ooh. in this Godzilla movie. What about the cripple from Avatar? The what? The cripple from Avatar. Oh my god, if it was him, I... I would take a million cripples from Avatar over fucking kick-ass in this movie. Like... <sighs> Alright. Uh, let me just start by giving, like, a basic uh, synopsis of the film. The movie starts out, and we're gonna, this is going to be spoilers. We're going to have spoilers throughout. Um, so if that bothers you, I don't know, I'll put a timestamp up. Uh, somewhere in the episode where you could jump where we're no longer talking about Godzilla. But, the movie... Be and fuck you, Eugene. I don't care that I'm gonna spoil this for you. You just spoil the shit out of this movie. Okay. <laughs> well. Alright. The movie begins with, uh... I believe some archaeologists at some site. Uh, they're... How typical, by the way, like... Yeah, and, yeah. like, this part of it doesn't really bother me. It's uh, Ken Watanabe, the only famous Japanese actor, I guess, in the world, because he's the only actual Japanese actor that you ever see playing a Japanese person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They'll have lots of other types of Asian actors playing Japanese people, but, like, Ken Watanabe, or, and, well, I, I was going to say, God, Mr. Miyagi, but he's dead. Um. Anyway... He's an archaeologist, goes to a site, they find the skeleton of this kaiju, and it's the you know stereotypical scene where they're like, oh my god, could this possibly be? And they're like, yeah, it's, it, it's that. It's a prehistoric dinosaur thing, and it's very dangerous. And then it cuts to Tokyo. Or somewhere, it, it's not Tokyo, it's somewhere in Japan. 
Um, they're not in Tokyo yet. But it's Brian Cranston. Um, his character is... Uh, God. I'm going to have to edit the shit out of this one. We shouldn't have drank so much absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I agree with you. But we're going to keep this going. Oh, Brian yeah, we're Cranston, absolutely going like... to keep it going. Brian Cranston. <laughs> Brian Cranston. Okay. Brian Cranston is a nuclear engineer. Um, he's overseeing this uh, nuclear power plant in Japan, mm-hmm. and he's having this telephone conversation with a Japanese person where he's like, I don't care if it's violating protocol. There is a major problem at this nuclear plant right now. <laughs> we need to see what this problem is. There's something you're not telling us, Japanese guy. And uh, so he's... Th- th- this fulfills the purpose to it's a two-pronged purpose that this fulfills we see that he is this workaholic father Mm -hmm. and we also see that the japanese are covering something up we're also Mm -hmm. introduced to little kick-ass um he's not aaron taylor johnson yet but it's it's brian cranston's birthday Mm -hmm. and like the kid makes this sign for him where it's like happy birthday dad but like brian cranston doesn't see it because he's so busy and it's this whole cats in the cradle thing and uh, oh man i cried when i first heard that song yeah i I cried when i first saw this movie because i grew up with a godzilla but (laughs) (laughs) now we don't have that (laughs) (laughs) i wish i had a godzilla in my life (laughs) well i used to but that godzilla went away and it made me very upset because this is the godzilla that we're gonna have for the next 10 movies because this was very successful. But anyway, so you have the moment where uh, the mother is like, well, he did this thing for you, and you were too stuck up in your work, and he's like, oh my god, I'm I'm so sorry, I didn't realize. And then they go to the nuclear power plant, and he's like, well, you got to get down to the... Because she works there, too. That's another thing. The mother works there, too. And he's like, well, she's got to get down to the level and like go see what's wrong with the plant. And so she goes, she puts on her like nuclear power plant suit, so she's can't be exposed to radiation or whatever and then um he goes talks to some people and then they start having the nuclear meltdown where mm-hmm. you're like why did you send her down there obviously there was going to be a meltdown haven't you ever watched a fucking movie before brian cranston this was obviously set up for this to happen and so that's the moment where she dies and you see that in the preview where like she gets to the door and it's like closing and he's like no and she's like and uh but so there's the angst from that and then it goes 25 years later or whatever after the thing kick-ass has now grown up and he's now aaron taylor johnson who's kick-ass and that's why i keep calling him that but (laughs) (laughs) i figured so he's an he's an army guy and um he's with his wife elizabeth olsen and like it mirrors uh, his situation because he's he's an army dad that doesn't get to spend time with his son, I guess is what they're going for. But they never really actually say that and you never really get to see that because then it goes on and it's a Godzilla movie from that point forward. But you see him putting up like a sign that says, Happy Birthday, Dad! Uh, <laughs> or, you know, something because he's gotten home from his tour of duty or whatever and then 
They get a phone call that says, oh, your dad is in jail, in prison, he just got arrested, you have to go get him. And he's like, oh no, but I just got home from my, my, my leave, and I was gonna spend time with my family, but now I can't. That sucks, I gotta go pick up my stupid dad. And so he flies back to Japan, and apparently, like, the flight from Japan to America takes 15 minutes, like, mm-hmm. and it's really easy to get a flight into wherever you need to go in, in, in Japan with a moment's notice, but, uh, because they go back and forth, like, ten times, and it's, it's no issue. It's, it's no issue at all. Yeah. But, um, so he gets there, he finds out that his dad was trespassing, uh, in the wreckage of the nuclear power plant because there's something they're not telling him. <laughs> this wasn't a nuclear meltdown, it was something else. Uh-huh. I wonder what it could be. Uh, I but, yeah. <laughs> so, Kickass is like, "You're crazy, Dad. You need to let it go. I let Mom's death go, but you never did." And and he's like, "But I have to go back in one more time." And then he's like, "Okay, let's go." That all ties together, by the way. Like, you know, I let Mom's death go, and mm-hmm. you should let the nuclear meltdown, which is not a nuclear meltdown, go. Yeah. So yeah, like. So he's like, "Yeah, I understand your concern, son, but I need to go back one more time." And then Air Taylor Johnson's like, "Well, I don't like it, but okay." Mm-hmm. And so they go back in together, and they're both wearing nuclear suits, and like he's got his little Giger counter, mm-hmm. um, what? And he's like, "I knew it!" And he takes off his mask, and Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, "No, what are you doing?" He's like, "There's no radiation here. <laughs> there was no nuclear meltdown," which technically doesn't make sense because. Even if the nuclear meltdown was, like, Godzilla-related, there was still a nuclear meltdown, because we saw, like, the mother die of radiation poisoning in front of our eyes, and then the fucking nuclear power plant, like, collapsed. So there would still be radiation everywhere, but for some reason it's not there, um, for no other reason than to suggest to the audience that it wasn't real. That there's something that they're not telling us. So then they're like, okay, well, this is crazy. And then they get arrested by the authorities who come up. And then they're taken to the nuclear power plant for some reason. And uh, we see that there's a giant, like, egg sack Uh in the middle of the place. And then we see Ken Watanabe again, who's come up. And they're like, this egg sack is here and it's hatching. (laughs) <laughs> is that what he said like basically blown like let me explain to you what's happening right now well like yeah. no they don't give you any explanation for why he's there or why they took brian cranston to this facility instead of actually taking him back to jail they just needed to have him there as a you know a plot contrivance so they would be there when shit goes down mm-hmm. but so then he's there and he's like, Brian Cranston is yelling at the Japanese cops. He's like, there's something you're not telling me. There's, my wife died and I had the right to know. And then shit starts going down and um, flashes back to Ken Watanabe, who's like looking at this thing and they're all in this control panel room and they're like, sir, we don't know what's happening. It's starting to glow. And he's like, kill it. And so then they like flip on this switch that's electricity and it's supposed to blow up the big egg sack. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, and they're like, oh, it's dead, thank god. And then it hatches! Because, because who saw that coming? 
But here's the thing. Why are they there right now at this very moment? Why is Brian Cranston there? Why didn't they take him to jail? Why is he in this place that he conveniently needs to be? It doesn't matter, because then the movie picks up and, like, this thing comes out. And you think it's going to be Godzilla, but it's not Godzilla. It's this other creature that looks exactly like the Cloverfield monster, only it also kind of looks like a cockroach and it has wings. And it starts, like, tearing shit up. It even sta- it, like- It's like a Florida palmetto bug. It's exactly it's just, what it is! Yeah, like, it looks I like a giant- it, it looks like- I was gonna say a giant palmetto bug, it kinda looks like a regular palmetto bug, because it's fucking huge. But, um, so this thing starts tearing the place up, and it even, like, does the thing in the original movie where Godzilla, like, uh, tears all the- the- high tension cables down that they put up to stop it mm. which if you remember the blue oyster cult song like the opening line is like with a purposeful grimace and a terrible sound he pulls off city's high tension wires down mm. i'd like to think it was an homage to that song which it probably was but so it does that and so just this very iconic godzilla moment but it's not godzilla doing it which is weird and so it fucks the place up a little bit and it uh causes this sequence of events to happen which i won't explain in graphic detail because there's no point but it ends up injuring brian cranston's character to the point that he only has several words to say and i don't even remember what they were but they were probably like go find godzilla or something equally stupid but so brian cranston's dead and that's another thing like if you were going to see this movie because of brian cranston's presence in this movie he fucking dies ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> like, it, 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 it was kind of mind-blowing to me that they did that. Because um, everybody wanted to go see him. This is, like, the first big thing that he's done since Breaking Bad, right? right. Like, But he dies in the first 20 minutes, and the rest is about Aaron Taylor Johnson. And all of the um, setup that I gave you about his character is all of the setup that we get about his character. We know nothing else about him. We have no other reason to care about him other than we know that, like, he's Brian Cranston's son and we like Brian Cranston. So maybe, like, he's like Malcolm in the Middle then. He's like Frankie Muniz. Mm -hmm. um, and we're supposed to like him because of that. But we don't know anything about his personality. We don't know anything about his personal history other than the fact that he had this thing happen that he's moved on from 25 years ago. But he's the central character in the movie, and he's really all we see throughout the rest of the movie. But anyway, so this giant cockroach thing gets up and then starts freaking out. And then they bring uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson into the room with Ken Watanabe, and he's like, Oh, we're very sorry that your dad just died, but we have to tell you this thing. Uh, because the audience doesn't know what it is, and we need to tell them as well, so we're gonna tell you. Uh, yeah, you know, like, how your dad was really paranoid that we weren't telling him something? Turns out we weren't telling him something. The thing that we weren't telling him was that we were studying these giant monsters that exist, but nobody ever knew about, and, like, the U.S. Army back in like the 50s you know those like bikini atoll nuclear tests that you saw from underground or under under the water under the ocean well those weren't just nuclear tests we were trying to kill a giant monster but we couldn't 
and these giant monsters, they feed off of radiation, um, and they've been around since prehistoric times, eating radiation. Because, like, when the Earth first formed, there was yeah, lots, there of, radiation lots of radiation and radiation, stuff. Right, right, and right. so they had lots of food, but then they didn't all die when that stopped happening. That they makes just, fucking perfect sense. They like, just went to sleep. Sure, because radiation was all over the place back in prehistoric time, right? Like, sure. that's normal as fuck, right? Well, like... But that's pre-pre-pre-prehistoric. That wasn't, like, dinosaur times. That was, like, before there was anything. That was before, like, amoebas started forming and we even had jellyfish. That was, like, at the birth of the planet. So, the idea... And then they say, well, like, the king of them, the, the apex predator from this time period was Godzilla, but they didn't tell you what his name is yet. They're like, we were studying this thing, but he still exists, and then the Americans tried to kill him. Um, but he was the apex predator of that time period, which doesn't make sense because that's before, you know, life existed on this right, planet. Right. <laughs> but, like, so I guess within the logic of this movie, life didn't start out with single cell organisms. Mm-hmm. Life started, life started out with fucking Godzilla. <laughs> and then, I guess, devolved into single-cell organisms. Right. And then progressed of course, to, of course. to everything that happened after. that's the way it works, man. That's the way it works. Well, and that's the thing that I was telling you before we started. This... It's the perfect example of kind of script by committee. Mm. Where, like, it seems like... 14 million people wrote different stories and then they just kind of cut them together without really caring because they needed to get this movie out. To me, it seems like they wanted... One of these people wanted to go with, like, okay, he's this mystical character. Um, We're not going to take a scientific explanation for why Godzilla exists. He was just, you know... It was kind of harkens back to the original where he was... um, just like this folkloric figure that the Japanese had always talked about in their legends, and he was a legendary creature that existed. But then it also wanted to go back and say, no, we want a scientific explanation for Godzilla. And then instead of actually, you know, deciding on one, they just split the difference and said, well, this is the thing that always existed, but it wasn't because it was an act of God, it was because science. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, they say, okay, well, we were trying to kill these creatures who feed off of radiation, but we didn't. And then the plot just kind of abruptly shifts to him being like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to America now. And so they get him on like a flight to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And when he gets to Hawaii, this creature attacked. The creature, uh, they called it, they did say someone in it. They're like, we're calling it... uh, MUTO, mm-hmm. which is an acronym for Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Organism. So they're really holding off the fact that this is Godzilla. Why do you think they're just like... Well, no, MUTO is not Godzilla. Okay, okay. So Godzilla had a Japanese name. Then I'll get to that when we get to When him. we get to get that, yeah, yeah. But... Ah, go ahead. What were you asking? No, it's just like, so, okay, there's two creatures now. There's the cockroach and there's Muto. No, no, the cockroach is Muto. Okay, okay, okay. So there's one creature. The, okay. uh, the, they were trying to kill Godzilla mm-hmm. in the Bikini Atoll. But they didn't say that. We don't know that yet. They just said there was another thing. and We assume that it's Muto, but it wasn't Muto. Um, but Muto 
gets up and he flies away. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson was like, well, my dad was looking into, like, uh, uh, echolocation or something. They're like, he was looking into echolocation. That must mean Muto was uh, talking to someone. (laughs) So he's like, yeah, cool, goodbye. And then he goes to Hawaii. And then when he gets to Hawaii, um, Muto shows up in Hawaii and starts fucking shit up. And the army starts getting there and, like, attacking it. And then he gets mixed up with the army, and he meets these army people who tell him all this other stuff. And then, you know, Ken Watanabe is also there talking to the army, because that's a thing that happens in this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he's telling the general, like, well, we know that there's another one, and uh, we think the Japanese have called this one Gojira. <laughs> Why the Japanese call this one Gojira, or had a word for that, we don't fucking know. Because they don't fucking have a logical explanation for why he has a name. He shouldn't even know about this one. He just speculates that, oh, well, they were probably killing this one at the Bikini Atoll. Uh, right, right. And he's telling this to an admiral in the fucking Navy who is sent out as a, on a response team to kill the giant monster. Mm-hmm. But no one in the fucking military thought to tell this guy Hey, you know, it, when we were in the, doing the thing in the Bikini Atoll, we were trying to kill one of these. Right, right. It's complete fucking news to him <laughs> when Ken Watanabe says, Oh, do we think that we, they were trying to kill this thing? In the Japanese, we have a name for it, Gojira. <laughs> and then they start calling it Godzilla, which even in the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. movie, they made a joke about, because, like, in that movie, like, it's just a thing that attacks a Japanese boat, and then they're like, what did you see? And he's just like, Gojira. And then it cuts to the American news guy who's like, you heard it first, Godzilla. And then, like, the girl character is like, that's not what he said. He didn't say Godzilla. He said Gojira. Why would you call it that? Mm-hmm. They don't make any explanation as to why we say Godzilla, but they say Gojira. Yeah, well, he's a god, kind of. Yeah, and that's and why that fucking, he's that's why we translated it to that for the American movie. <laughs> right. But they don't explain. They don't have an explanation for why we say Godzilla. They say Gojira when clearly they're not the same fucking word. <laughs> he's a god and a lizard, Godzilla. Right. This, is, right, this right, movie right. is getting <laughs> fucking hugely great critical reviews, Eugene. I understand that, dude. Who I've fucking spoken to told me. I need to see Godzilla beside you. Right. And the only way that I'm looking at it is that, like, you are the fucking, like, snarkiest of snarks. <laughs> you just, like, have these high standards for movies that you should have low standards for. I had no expectations going in, <laughs> other than thinking, like, oh, people are saying it's pretty good. Right, right. Little did I know that it... But they, these aren't, like, minor quarrels, minor qualms that I'm picking with the movie. This is just this is shit like, that doesn't make any garbage. sense. This is garbage. It doesn't so, make any fucking sense. What kind sense. of flash? What kind of flash happened where like the majority of the population was just like so fucking like stupefied by the magic? I have that no they didn't idea. Realize that the plot was terrible. I would have been perfectly happy to be stupefied by the magic of like giant monsters fucking each other up, but that only happens for ten minutes of this movie. Like 
if it were just a big special effects craze, I would have completely forgiven it and been like, well, it's a stupid monster movie. I don't care about the actual plot. But what this movie tried to do was give us this story that we didn't fucking care about instead of giving us a big monster battle. What the plot of a Godzilla movie, the human characters in a monster movie like Godzilla should serve only the purpose of framing a very minor narrative to get to the cool shit that we want to see. Right, right. Simply because it just has to have some kind of story. Mm. That's not what this did. This tried to be Jaws, but the difference between this and Jaws is Jaws was a good fucking story. Jaws had characters that we cared about. Mm. And let me say this, they named the character in this movie Lieutenant Brody because in Jaws... The char- it was an allusion to Jaws. It was Sheriff Brody is the main character. Right. It, it just kind of seemed like a slap in the face that people are calling this like the next big Spielberg movie. Spielberg didn't did it, but I can't think of the fucking director that did it. But they're like, this guy's the next Spielberg. This is just like Jaws. Simply because they didn't show Godzilla a lot. Mm. They didn't show Jaws a lot in Jaws. And that did help to build up tension. The difference being, we know what Godzilla looks like, and we kind of know what sharks look like, yeah. But, the actual story of Jaws, the actual characters, the actual plot, everything else, helped to build the tension, and we were waiting to see the shark. But with this, everybody knows what Godzilla looked like going into it. We're not just dying to see Godzilla because we're trying to figure out what he looks like. We just want to see Godzilla. That's why we came to this movie. Now, speaking of that, what the fuck did Godzilla look like? Was he more upright? Did he look more clunky? Or well, no, he, he looked more like the he Matthew looked amazing. Version? No, right. nothing like the Matthew Broderick version, which I didn't hate, but like I fucking hated that. I never want to see it again. How could you like like seriously like honestly this the like, the math he had a goatee. Mm-hmm. He had a goatee, like a like a flesh goatee. Yeah, I don't know if you really remember. Well, the he flesh looked like goatee. an iguana because the whole thing was he was like an irradiated iguana. Yeah, yeah. Which makes no sense, but it doesn't have to. Um, suspension of disbelief. We, we it, it doesn't make sense to have God. Nothing about Godzilla could ever possibly make sense, so you have to suspend your disbelief there. But like, I didn't. Like I I I would have rather they had done what they do in this movie, in that movie, and just, you know, made a more technologically sophisticated version of the classic Godzilla character, but they didn't, for whatever reason, better or worse, whatever. In this, he looks beautiful. This is the best the character has ever looked. Um, or the creature, I should say. He looks exactly like the Toho films, but, you know, a really highly rendered, sophisticated CGI version. It looks like what Godzilla would look like if they had a Hollywood budget. But that, to me, is all the more reason that you should just fucking show him in the movie, because that's what people came to see. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're talking about uh, the monster movies where you don't show the monster, there are two reasons that you could do that. Mm. One is to build the suspension. Two, which is what Jaws did. Two, 
is because the monster doesn't look all that great, which is also what Jaws did because the 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 animatronic shark never functioned properly. They wanted to show it a lot more than they did, but it didn't work out, so they had to, you know, improvise. They had right. to do other things and it ended up working out because like with something like Jaws, you didn't come thinking like, oh, I want to see a fucking shark because I really get off on the way that sharks look. Sharks are mundane. I get off on the way sharks look all the time. But like... <laughs> <laughs> sharks... Like jerking off to National Geographics and shit. Right. Which we all thing. do. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, sharks are mundane looking, but they're actually frightening because they, sir, they, they're actually dangerous. That's a, like a legitimate fear that you could have because you could get killed by a shark in the world. Mm-hmm. You can't get killed by a Godzilla, but Godzilla looks really cool and we want to see him look really cool. If you're going to have that kind of, you know, suspenseful, we're not really going to show the monster even though you want to see the monster. You really can't know what the monster looks like or it's got to be something like mundane like a shark or even something like Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees where like if you just kept seeing them, you would get uh, desensitized to it. With Godzilla, you're never really, especially this Godzilla that looks really great, you're never going to be desensitized to it because you were never sensitive to it to begin with. Like, at this point, maybe in 1956, in the first Godzilla movie, where people were like, I wonder what this monster looks like. Or, like, you could build up suspense by not showing him because you're uh, you're always, like, kind of guessing what is the monster going to look like. That's exactly what Cloverfield did. Mm-hmm. And they did it brilliantly. Like, they they did such a good job at keeping that creature under wraps until you got into theaters that you didn't know what it fucking looked like. And that's why everybody went to go see it. They were like, I wonder what this thing fucking looks like. We know it's going to be like a big, you know, monster attacking New York movie like Godzilla. But, you know, we don't know what it looks like into that and it was effective. But you know what Godzilla looks like. Yeah. I always wish the Cloverfield monster was a little fatter. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the thing. If they had showed him to begin with, you wouldn't really care because he wasn't all that scary. Godzilla's not that scary either. But you set it up in your mind like you're always picturing what it might look like, and that's kind of creepy because, like, your mind can make something far scarier than, you know, Hollywood can. You can't do that with a character like Godzilla. It's too iconic. Everybody knows what he looks like. Mm -hmm. You you can't ratchet up suspense that way. You would have to do it narratively. And that's where this movie failed. Is the narrative was bland and boring and didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But anyway... We're in Hawaii now. He's trying to get back to San Francisco. Um, And then Muto attacks Hawaii. Well, he's on the train to get to the airport. And during this scene, as this is happening, there's like a little Asian kid and his family. They're getting off of the train and then the train doors close and they can't get out, and Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, oh my god, I better go get this kid, and he's like, he tries to motion to, like, the parents. He's like, I'll, I'll bring him back, just wait there, I'll, you know, get him back. 
Um, don't worry. But they don't speak any English. That you assume that they get it because it's pretty universal in the gestures. The reason that I'm pointing out the fact that they're Asian and don't speak English is because he has no dialogue with this child. Mm -hmm. This child is now a prop. He doesn't speak to you. He doesn't have anything. He's just, you know, another thing in the movie that's happening. And then the train tracks get attacked by the Mudo. And now his little sub-goal is to get this kid back to his parents. The thing that doesn't make sense, I don't know why. Because they're in Hawaii at this point. It's, it's not like he's still in Japan. Where it, it would be logical to assume that there would be a whole bunch of people that don't speak English. But the fact that he can't speak to the child means you know nothing about the child other than the fact that he's a child. And to that end, like, you do care because it's a kid that got separated from his family. But you, they have no relationship. They have nothing. Nothing to endear you beyond the fact that, oh, this is a kid. And, you know, that, that, that appeals to uh, our instinctive protectiveness for mm -hmm. children but other than that no it's just more shit that's happening in the movie and he's like no now i have to find this kid's parents and get back home no a monster and so this goes on for 20 minutes where this muto is attacking and then um godzilla shows up and at this point ken watanabe's like they're trying to think, oh god, now we have two giant fucking monsters to contend with. And he's like, Ken Watanabe's like, no. Nature has a way of bringing about parents. And so that means that Godzilla's here to protect us. But again, this script, this Franken script by committee, is playing two different notes at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's saying... It wants to say that Godzilla is our protector, but that that's the mystical script speaking. Mm. The scientific script speaking is saying, oh, there's a giant, another giant monster. We got to kill that one too. But there's no bridge between those two things. There, there's no reason that we should assume, on a scientific level, that this other giant creature is going to protect us, because nothing in nature does that. Yeah, there's a balance in that, like, there will be apex predators to, like, even out the herd or whatever, but... That doesn't mean that they're gonna fucking protect humans. Correct. What the fuck does that? Well, better question, what apex predator just goes out and attacks humans? Like, like you know what I mean? Like, just like... Well, yeah, but that doesn't... It, well, it would but isn't that if we weird were its that, main food source. Right. Like... Well, no, go on, what are you saying? No, but isn't that strange that, like, there are tons of animals out there that are way more powerful, threatening, and vicious than human beings, but none of them just upright just attack human beings on an everyday basis well i have to disagree with you is we are the apex predator there is no there are creatures that could take us out one-on-one -on -one, but there does not exist a creature on this world that could eliminate humanity if there would we would not be the top of the food chain correct like 
there are creatures out there that if they're hungry, they'll fucking attack you. Or they'll just attack you because they think that you're prey, like a shark or like a lion or something like that. But something like Godzilla, A, doesn't make sense as an apex predator because it has no prey at this right. point. Where does it that Because he's the only from? one. What? Where does that respect come from, though? Like, in the animal... Like in what do you the, mean, respect? Like, because I feel like there's this kind of, like, this unknowing kind of thing. Like, okay, for instance, if there's, like... If we if we encountered a lion... Uh-huh. You know, that lion probably wouldn't fuck with us. Sure it would. There's, no, dude. There's a good chance that that lion would not fuck with us. Uh, sure it would. I mean, <laughs> maybe in close quarters that lion would fuck with us, but if we were out in the wild... And we saw a lion doing its thing, and we got real close to it. You really think it would fuck with us? Absolutely. If you got in, it would attack you. No. Absolutely. No, it happens all the time, what dude. What if I just like walked up to a lion real casually, like nonchalantly and shit? Well, okay. You just, like, when you say lion, are you thinking like the male lion, the giant lion? That probably won't. But that's not the apex predator right, of the it's Lion the Kingdom. Lion, yeah. The female lion will. It might not try to eat you, but it will defend her territory, and right. it will defend her babies or whatever. It so, will, it will fucking saying, kill you. Yeah. Are you say I if can't you were to walk up, walk up to a like a female lion, sit down next to her. I would not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I would not recommend so it, like, Eugene. <laughs> like just casually, like, <laughs> just be like, like hey, like, I respect. Your hey, space. Nala, I want to pet you, you right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm just I to feel your vibes. Like, <laughs> there's no way that that would work. Maybe, out. maybe not. Uh, but don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't okay. fucking do okay, it. Okay, for sure, for sure. I think that maybe you could domesticate it, like, because there are, like, obviously there are, like, lion tamers and shit like that, but that comes from training the creature. If you were know. to go up in the natural setting and do that and have no way to defend yourself or something, if you didn't establish the dominant position, right. because if it knows that you could fuck it up, maybe not. What if I flexed? What if I like showed it well, my then muscles? It's, well, then it's gonna want to fuck you. <laughs> That's I, all my muscles. Just are good like for. everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> oh shit, man! What about bears, though? No, you're you're a lot like Jacob right now. Our friend Jacob is <laughs> like, I could kill a moose. I'm like, maybe. I can't, oh Jesus. Maybe, that, but don't try that it. Argument. Yeah, he you remember was so that? So certain that he could kill a moose. He was so certain. This, but a moose is completely different. It's the size of your fucking ceiling, man. You yeah, can't kill it's a huge. Moose. It's like it's bigger than a car. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think I could powwow next to a bunch of lions, <laughs> and they won't fuck with me. Maybe, like, but like I don't think that comes out of like a respect. No. <laughs> And I, I certainly don't think that it would protect you if it felt you were in trouble. No, I'm just saying I could sit next to one and it wouldn't give me any problems. You know? Maybe. I, yeah. Again, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might have to go down a line country safari tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, like, okay, here's the thing with this whole Godzilla <laughs> Okay, get back to Godzilla, correct. Like, I, I, I'll go with you either way. But you have to pick a way. Like, you can't... You, you have to be bold in your decision. Now, if you want to say it's, like, going to be a sci-fi thing where it was just, like, this dormant creature that, you know, we awoke from 
some nuclear bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen in the real world, but I'm willing to go with it within the context of the movie, but you have to stick with that. If it's that, then Godzilla's not our friend. There's no reason for, there's no logical reason for Godzilla to be our friend and then just, like, come and fuck up the other things. Uh, or the other two creatures. But if he's gonna be, uh, like, this mystical force that brings balance to nature, fine, I'll go with that too. But you have to do that. At that point, you can't call him an apex predator that's just lying dormant, because that, it, it contradicts what you were saying before. He's not an apex predator, he's this supernatural force that's here to protect mankind, or to protect, I don't know, the balance, the Tao, the fucking, I, whatever you want, the force, the whatever God wants, some stupid shit. But this movie tries to do both. He's an ancient apex predator who's only concerned with eating these things although he doesn't eat them either like at the end when he spoilers kills the other two creatures he doesn't fucking eat them or anything he just goes back into the water mm -hmm. again there's no animal on earth that does that that just kills for fucking fun except cats. for man ah, cats. but like I don't know but then what is Godzilla eating the whole existence of Godzilla still doesn't make sense because it's like, how does he continue to exist? He's a vegetarian. Yeah, maybe. The juices. <laughs> sure. All about there. juicing. That's he's why down he's there so... eating kelp or maybe fish. That okay, fine. But then say that, dude. <laughs> Fucking make it clear in the movie. Yeah, man. He's just eating fish like underwater and shit like that. Like. Yeah. Like, we should pause it. I gotta pee. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Okay, we're back. Now, I'm leaving off in uh, Hawaii, I believe is where we left off. He has this kid that he has to protect now, and Godzilla has come to attack this other monster, and now we're trying to attack Godzilla. But Ken Watanabe says, Godzilla's here to protect us for no reason. I would have... No way of possessing that information other than I just think that that's kind of a cool idea. So we have this thing attacking and eventually they get out of it and it flies to Las Vegas to find this other creature. Who, and because they feed off radiation, they're going to the big like radioactive dump site that is a thing that does exist in Nevada where we put all the country's radioactive waste into some mountain range and they go feed off of that. And then the things, they destroy Las Vegas and then they go back to San Francisco for no reason other than Godzilla is on his way there and they need to have a way to facilitate the fight between these two creatures. And all the while, we're getting a whole bunch of boring shit about Aaron Taylor Johnson that doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, of course. Is it like regular like army man shit, you know what I mean? Like regular just like, oh, you know. Well, no, he's like I need to get back to my family and I'm also a nuclear bomb specialist and because we're going to use nuclear weapons to attack these creatures, I need to be there. So you should let me into your He's a marine. 
but the Navy is the one in charge of this whole operation. He's like, well, I should come with you anyway, because I uh, know this stuff. And they're like, no, we don't need you. And then they're like, oh, okay, you could come. Um, because, just because. And so, anyway, they get back to San Francisco, and that's when, like, you have the big kaiju fight. Um, and at that point in the movie, it gets pretty great! Because you just have these two things fighting. Or these three things at this point, because there's another one that's much bigger. Um, now, and, yeah, Godzilla fights them. And then they fight, and they fight, and they fight, and it all looks really, really great. And it just makes you think, like, wow, I wish there was more of this in the fucking movie. But, no, it's not. There's, like, you know, a ten minute fight at the very end. And so, Godzilla eventually defeats these two creatures, and like I said before, doesn't eat them or anything, even though he's an apex predator, and his entire purpose in life is to, like, I don't know, kill these other things for no apparent reason. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, what animal does that? Like, you did say, yeah, a cat will, will kill something even if it's not going to eat it, but that's not the main purpose of a cat. That's not his, like, raison d'etre. That's a fucking... I don't know. He does it because he's bored. Yeah. Yeah, but man. But then he eats other shit. But, like, that's really just kind of a way that, like... That's a house cat, by the way. And a house cat is domesticated. That's, like, evolution that we fucked with, right? Mm-hmm. It... In the wild, a cat, you know, hunts to to eat. It kills to eat. It doesn't but, kill for fun. But it's strange because a cat, regardless of how domesticated it is, still needs to hunt. Still feels the need to hunt. Right, it has the drive to hunt because we haven't, like, bred that out of them. And I'm sure that we could, just like in different uh, uh, variations of the dog, different uh, breeds of dogs. Some have a very high uh, hunting drive, a high, very high prey drive, and others don't. The cat, though, it's just kind of a very... It's not nearly as domesticated as the dog. Just let it do its thing. Right. And that's pretty much what humanity has done for the last thousand years. But with something that's just a creature out in the wild that has evolved based on just regular old survival of the fittest, Godzilla doesn't behave in a way that makes any kind of biological sense. Mm -hmm. Like, wh why would he... If he's... If we're going to assume that he's a bottom feeder or something like that, and that's how he survived, maybe he's just eating fish and shit, or whales or other things, why does he feel the need to come and attack these other creatures? How does he even know that they exist? Like, they don't cohabitate the same biosphere. Godzilla lives at the bottom of the ocean. These things are just regular land-dwelling creatures. How does he know that they've come back into, be or into being after these thousands of years that they've lied dormant? Like, if he was... Maybe he feeds on radioactivity as well, because that's just a kaiju thing, even though they're not biologically similar in any way other than the fact that they both eat radiation. But that's not really made clear in the movie. I, it just He doesn't behave in 
any any way that makes any kind of scientific sense. So to that end, yes, he should be a mystical creature, but he's not. He's, uh, you know, they, they want to make it seem like this is a thing that could exist in the real world. Which is bullshit, Eugene. It just couldn't. No, dude. Like, it's Godzilla. Like, mm. it can't, can't happen and shit like that. So, so... Well, the Matthew Broderick one... They tried like to take more of like Jurassic Park, really. Like I really right. tried and to the, feel I mean, like they were doing that. You know? Yeah, I went back and read like a lot of the reviews that are floating around that still exist online from when that movie happened, and most of them are saying, "Yeah, this is just a reaction. It's just kind of like a cash grab, based on the success the success of the Jurassic Park movies." And yeah, it probably was, but that took a scientific approach as well, pseudo scientific approach, but a scientific approach nonetheless. Um, where it was, what, he was like a radioactive iguana. Like, you had that. It was, I think they used the Bikini Atoll as a, uh, uh, a plot point, too. And they, like, Godzilla was a lizard, like an iguana-esque lizard that had lived on those islands. And then during the nuclear bomb testings, he got irradiated and mutated. Wasn't it uh, the Galapagos Islands? Oh, was it? I think it might have been, because, like, um... Well, I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. I have no idea where the fucking Galapagos Islands are. Where are they? Yeah, it's it's actually the hardest uh, terrain to have, like, any, like, living thing exist in, but, like... The, but I, 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 know, I do know that it is uh, very unique, and that is where, like, Darwin went when he was writing his, uh... Or when he was first writing about evolution and stuff, and that was kind of what gave him the idea. He saw like certain species of finches in the Galapagos and the Galapagos tortoise, and they were all animals that uh, lived in very close proximity to one another, but they were uh, different species nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they kept them themselves and stuff like that. But um, yeah, basically, like hardest terrain to exist in. Um, There's barely anything to survive off of, but like. Iguanas, tortoises, and like you said, finches, and I think there's also... Uh, okay. <clears throat> so anyways, yeah, finches, uh, I don't know anything about the finches on the Galapagos, but I do know that puffins uh, exist on the Galapagos, which if you've ever seen a puffin, it's just the like prestigious bird. But um, anyways... <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tropical penguin. It's just a pretty-ass bird, dude. Like, it's my favorite bird. But that's neither here nor there. Continue about... Right, okay, okay. but no, what we were saying, like... It did take a scientific approach. It was a, a right. lizard from maybe it was the Galapagos or whatever, but it got irradiated and then it turned into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And that's silly and it's stupid and it's schlocky. But there's no way that you can do that without it being silly and stupid and schlocky. And I'm willing to go with that. And that's why I was willing to go with it in the Matthew Broderick version. because Or the Roland Emmerich version, if that's what you would prefer to call it. But they stuck to that. They didn't have some pseudo-mystical bullshit halfway through where they're like, oh, Godzilla's gonna be our protector. This wanted to be both the earliest Godzilla movies where he was a threat and a menace, and then it also wanted to be the later ones where he was the defender of humanity. But, at the end of the movie, as uh, he has defeated the other two kaiju... It looks like he's dead. Um, it looks like he won, but his wounds were so severe that he died anyway. And you're, like, playing sad music. And this is the point in the theater where I'm just like, 
are you kidding me right now? Like, am I supposed to feel something for the creature? Because you've given me nothing up until this point. You've given me no reason to believe that he's a sympathetic figure and that I should care about him. Um, other than the fact that, oh, he's really cool and he's Godzilla and I like Godzilla, but that's within the context of the movie that doesn't make any sense. So then, like, he falls down and dies and it plays a bunch of sad music and you're just like, well, why are you playing sad music? It looks like we won and isn't this what we wanted? All of the giant monsters are dead and they're no longer destroying the cities. But then, it, it, you know, it cuts back and Aaron Taylor Johnson has found his family and like there's a news report that's saying it's calling Godzilla king of monsters Godzilla savior of humanity and we're like well how do they know that it's called Godzilla A and B how are that why would they why would they think that about it what because it was the last one that was alive before it died that like okay he did kill the other two things but from humanity's perspective what's to say he's not just going to keep rampaging and even if he's not attacking us directly his very existence stomping around in a major city is a pretty big fucking problem because he's going to be killing people either way but now now he's the hero they call him the king of the monsters and the savior of humanity and then there's a moment um they're all in like uh like a football stadium or something where fema has like you know gathered people to start giving them food and supplies or whatever and then like you just see kind of it cuts back to the big Godzilla corpse and it starts to move mm. and then it starts to get up and then it gets up and gives like a great glorious Godzilla roar and then everybody in the thing they start applauding but if you were in that situation Eugene where three giant monsters let's throw out anything that you know about the monster movie genre and say, you are existing in this world where we assume that there are no monster movies. This thing has just ravaged its way through fucking Lake Worth. It has probably killed many of your family members <laughs> right, right. and destroyed, like, this school that you went to. It destroyed your childhood home. It destroyed your place of work. And then it died, but then it came back. Would you be cheering? Or would you be like, oh my god, it's happening again. Let's all get to fucking run to the hills. I wouldn't even, I just, I do exactly what I'm doing right now, which is just this, like. Drink a bunch of absinthe and. And I'd be drunk and I'd make this face. And all of the muscles in your face into such a place of just, like, sadness. That's where I'd be right now. Um, I call it the resting bitch face. Mm-hmm. Which, um, is what I make on a regular basis. So sure. Right. Yeah. No, dude. I but you would not be applauding. You would not be, be happy that this that this giant yeah. creature is alive again and possibly about to go on another fucking. Like I said, even if it's not a rampage, just his very existence bothers me. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, I would want him gone. Mm-hmm. But then Godzilla goes back into the ocean and it rolls the credits, and we're thinking, oh, thank God, we have our savior. So is Godzilla like Jesus? <laughs> Godzilla basically is Jesus. Because Jesus was a dinosaur. <laughs> but that kind of brings me that I, I I'm glad that you say that because I was thinking that the other day is like just thinking of Jesus 
uh, yeah. parables in 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 modern cinema. Mm. The new Superman there, movie there was so very heavy-handed. Parables out there right now. Right? Oh sure, it's crazy. But no, like Man of Steel was very very heavy-handed in its approach um, and being a Jesus parable. And I was thinking, like, at the end of Superman, humanity had no reason to think that Superman was going to be protecting us either because the last thing that we saw was him fighting general zod and basically destroying metropolis like the entire city was just gone mm. at the end of that movie and i'm like you know superman and godzilla are basically the same character within the context right, right. of these two films they may as well be the same thing oh. so superman and the justice league movie i'm hoping that we're gonna see that coming up that always reminded me of like the first Transformers that came out. I was, or maybe it was the no, it was the first Transformers. Like, I remember towards the end of it, they were just like, "Oh yeah, like let's bring the fucking crystals or whatever to the city." Do you remember that? Like, no, was, I uh, I've actually never was... seen a Transformers movie. Shut the fuck up. No, not once. You're a not liar. a single Transformer. You're a fucking liar. You've never seen one. Trans no. You haven't even seen the original. Not even the first one. You're a fucking liar. You're such a. That's all you do. Is watch Transformers. <laughs> is watch. Yeah. Is watch movies. What the fuck? Are you no, doing? I I avoided them all. Not I as don't, you should. Because I knew that they would make me angry. Yeah. I try to avoid movies that I know are gonna that I'm gonna hate. Yeah, like yeah. this one. I try uh, to do that with people, but otherwise I'd be in my house all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate all of you. But, um, fucking, no, seriously, the first Transformers and shit, there's this part where they were just like, there's the Energon crystals, and you're like, oh, we gotta take these to the ma they, we gotta take these to the city. Why are you gonna take a bunch of shit that, like, um, you know, there are giant robots after. Sure. To a major city. You know? Uh -huh. So they take these Energon crystals to, you know, some major city, and they end up, for the next, like, 45 minutes of the end of the movie, just destroying this major city. You know? Uh-huh. So, I think it's kind of part of, like, the plot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. You have to destroy a major city. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And it could be. It certainly should be. But in this case, it was not. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is probably about the time that we could put a put a pin in this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to apologize for all of our followers. For all of our followers? Yes. To all of our followers. Two and four. I would like to apologize to the internet for all of our followers. They're a very raucous crowd. They know not what they do. This episode's gonna need a lot of editing, and this is gonna be a very interesting one. And we should probably not drink absinthe. If we're gonna drink anything, not absinthe. Yeah, I mean, I've done this podcast on a lot of like on a lot of substances. You know what I mean? I've smoked uh -huh. pop prior to sure. working with you. Okay. I've drank prior to working with uh, you. Yeah. Right. But um, this absinthe just doesn't make it work. <laughs> no. It kind of brings you. It, I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah, yeah. It just like it gives you the fuckets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the mad fuckets. That's the story. That's why I shouldn't drink absinthe in general, because that's the story of my life. Is the fuckets? Is the fuckets? Oh man. In one way or another. I got the fuckets for sure, but you're going to fucking New York in like a week and a half. So I am. That's why I can't have, have the, the fuckets. fuckets. 
Well, once I get there. You can't have But I, well, I'm going there because of a chronic case of the fuckets in my life in the last, you know, the last couple years. Yeah. It's just because yeah. it's like, it's just like, I have to go do something or else this is going to be my existence for the rest of my life. And that, that can't possibly be. I, I can't keep podcasting. Now, this podcast is also a product of uh, me trying to get out of the fuckets. Right, so this is just like, this is like the beginning of you crawling out of the fuckets. Sure, it's like the Harlem Renaissance, except instead of Harlem, it's me. And instead of a renaissance, it's a podcast. Right, right. See, I've paid attention to the people in Lake Worth for a while, for a while now, and I've realized that they suffer a serious case of the fuckets. Right. And goddamn it, Tyler, I just can't deal with it anymore. You have to have the fuckets to end up in Lake Worth. Yes! Yes, that is the truth. So, basically, I have to crawl out of that primordial... Bleh, that soup! And just... It's just me. really funny, because I'm looking <laughs> at you... Just lying there, slurring your words with a, a, a glass of radioactive green, <laughs> green. fucking... I just can't be a lake worker. Nothing that looks like that should go into the human body. And I think that's why they legalized absinthe so long ago. It looks like Hulk piss. (laughs) It It looks like Hulk piss. Or fucking Hulk cum. Yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of cloudy. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is kind of fucking cloudy. It's like the Hulk after he drank too much. (laughs) 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 I just spilled a bunch of Hulk cum on my stomach. But anyways, despite the gay jokes, I can't fucking stand this place. This is place. getting way better or way worse. I can't stand this place. I want to leave. Yeah. I'm envious of you going to New York. God bless you, sir. You were born in New York. Yes, I was in Boogertown. Boogertown, Bronx. The Boogertown, Bronx. <laughs> but seriously. Escape oh, and never come back. Because there's nothing here but evil and hate. And Godzilla movies. And Godzilla movies. Most of which are good. Two of which really, really, really were bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I mean... That's where we should go, is Japan. What problems do they have in Japan? None. Except for Godzilla attacks. None. I mean... Seriously, though? But I guess, like, at the end of the day, like, uh, if I had to choose between, like... Because, like, every area has a major problem, right? Mm-hmm. If I had to choose between, uh, like, hurricanes or tornadoes or earthquakes or Godzilla attacks, I'm going with Godzilla attacks because all of those things can kill you, but only one of those things uh, is a Godzilla attack. Only one of those things can, like, entertain you while Right, you, whilst yeah. doing it. Because everything else, you just, like... A hurricane, I mean, around here, when it's hurricane season, it's like, well, you have to board up all your windows and then go into your bathroom and hide and hope the hurricane doesn't kill you. And hurricane season's perfectly cool when you're in high school and, like, it cancels school for, like, two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. But only with Godzilla attacks can you go outside and be like, Holy shit, there's a dinosaur, uh, and he's got radioactive fire breath, mm-hmm. and he's probably fucking up another giant dinosaur and or moth, moth, yeah. like or robot. Mom. 
And that is the world also that to combat the giant dinosaur, we build a robotic version of the giant dinosaur. Of course. Of and then course. it's also what evil. What else can you do? What else can you do? Nothing is inspiring us to build a giant robot dinosaur right now. Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, god damn it, Tyler. Let me tell you something about giant dinosaurs. <laughs> go, go right ahead. Let me tell you something about giant fucking robot dinosaurs. I mean, Speaking to the microphone, I'm sorry. They're, they're replacing the regular dinosaurs with the robot dinosaurs. And then where do the fucking regular dinosaurs go? Then they're sitting on their couches, just waiting around, trying to get a goddamn paycheck. Because the robot dinosaurs are doing all the fucking work. It's Obama's America. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking awful place, man. I'm going to defect to Europe and take it out. Because I need retirement. I'm a 24-year-old man. No, 25. I need retirement. I need that shit right now. I don't want to go on a journey. I want security. So when I'm like 65, I know where I'm at. I hate this place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, We're getting personal. (laughs) Jacques de Buford, you're an asshole. Wow. But we we be making. I'll, I I need a one man show in like six months though. What does that mean in the context of your life? Okay, so Jacques de Buford's an asshole. No, I he's do. not. Don't say that. No, he's a good this guy. This is going on the internet. He's not gonna read like like if he does, I'd be so like I'd be like oh my god. Like, I'm gonna personally send this. Send thing. it to Jacques de Buford, please. And so then he he's gonna be like Eugene. You're drinking too much. And then you That's could, exactly well, what he's going to say. You could honestly be like, no, I'm not. We had like two glasses of alcohol. It's just we were drinking absinthe. This has kind of turned into a social experiment. Um, and because the NSA listens to all of these, uh, they're probably thinking right now, like, should we re-legalize absinthe? Cause we haven't we haven't been drinking much. Dude. No, no. I mean, I came here. I had three beers prior to coming here, though. No, you were yeah, but you were fine when you got here. Was I? If we go back and listen to the beginning of this podcast, you sounded fine. If we listen to the, the right now, <laughs> I don't sound very well. <laughs> neither of us do, and we've had two glasses of absinthe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think well, yeah, for sure. I might be doing it wrong. You might have to put more water in it. I mean, it's fine the way But I don't it is. feel really dr- like I feel fucked up. I don't feel drunk though. No, I feel like I could I feel, take on the world. I right feel we. I bet you could. <laughs> you gave me this look like no. You're like. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> I bet. I bet you could. You could be like Godzilla right now. You could kill everyone, and at the end, they'll cheer for you because you're the savior of humanity. How you've saved you humanity, I don't know, because you killed most of it. But they'll like you at the end of the stupid movie. De Buford was like... I, I don't know if we should put this one up, but this is going to be really fun to listen to personally. Hopefully so. Like on a personal level. Jacques De Buford like, talked to me multiple times about like how much hate was inside of me and stuff and like you know killing people. 
How many? Whoa! What you? How many people have you killed? I haven't killed anybody, but apparently, like that's. The what is this guy talking about? That sounds like a wild accusation, then, on his on his part. I don't know how he got there, but I guess the general like there's a lot of good artists, and I think I guess the the difference between a bad artist and a good artist is like a good artist has to feel like they need to kill somebody in their sleep or some shit like that. Because he mentioned that like two or three times. He's just like, yeah, you know, like just the ugliness and the hate and stuff that's inside of you where you want to just kill somebody in your sleep. You have to like put the bed. I'm like, I've never felt like I needed to kill anybody in their sleep, sir. Like I've felt multiple things about humans, like how fucking terrible they are and how fucking like, you know, once like, like double sided they are. Like that's the one thing I hate about humanity is just like, oh my God, like I feel this way about something. But, like, you know what? Like, I totally fucked that guy on the side. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh. Well, we've all been there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's just, like, we're all hypocritical. Nah. We all have these 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 ideals, and we follow them, like, I'd want to say 65% of the time. You know? That sounds like a pretty good number. Yeah, it's a double-edged... It's a double... It's just, like, that's the way it works, regardless. Right. So, Jacques de Buford, I'm gonna kick you in the chest one day, and you're gonna feel it, because I'm out for you. I'm out for you. I want you're I want gonna, gallery shows, and then after that, I'm gonna fucking burn your gallery down, because I hate you. <laughs> you know, I hate you, because I fucking hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a very good advertisement for no, it. No, but we're, we're, we can use raw. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you and I hate everybody. Buy my artwork. This is going to be our highest rated podcast ever. <laughs> They're going to talk about this on CNN. They're going to be like absinthe. It's killing our youth. I'd be like, we're not really youth. We're like 25. We're 25. We're grown I mean, I guess it's kind of young. (laughs) Everybody, I'm like, oh, they're like, how old are you? I'm like 25. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're young. You're young. I mean, relatively speaking. But it's the kind of young that, like, it's not so young that you could still be so shitty without people being like, "Mm, you could have accomplished more. Mm -hmm. Because, like... A lot of people by 25 have, like, you know, had a job at some point. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Bro, you're going to acting school in New York. I've had jobs. I've had lots of jobs. I don't mean to say it like that. Right. Sure. But, like, I don't know. It's not like when George Washington was 25, he had, like, uh, uh, created America and killed Godzilla. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, the fuck George Yeah, but, like, wa- well, how, how, how old did that guy live? I don't... He, like, well, he wasn't 25 when he did anything. He probably accomplished something by 25. But that's because people died at, like, 14. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, that was the oldest motherfucker on the block. Right. Well, I, <laughs> I brought him up facetiously. Fuck yeah, George yeah. Washington. What did he ever Washington. do? I'm still going to kick you in the chest, Jacques. I promise you one day, I'm going to kick you in the chest. Like Right in the chest. Even if it's, like, playful, I'm still going to kick you in the chest. Like, where in the chest? In the chest. Directly That's, in that the is, chest. That, that is a lot of real estate, though. In the like, middle. He's got a big chest. He, he So be, even like, more real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to kick him in the chest. and he's Kick him, go. like, right in the, the, the left nipple. 
Um, yeah. Or do like, uh, like like a like a take one do kick where you turn your foot. To That's the what side. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna push him. Right, but like you have to turn your foot to the side so you could get both nipples at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like this. Little do you like, podcasters know, but like, like uh, like where you turn it. Tyler Pino's like a fifth degree black belt. I'm like a thirtieth degree black belt in Taekwondo. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm gonna kick that guy in the chest. He's gonna know. But now, seriously, right? Yeah. Anyways. Well, obviously, they know that I'm a black belt from my uh, uh, incredible knowledge of Taekwondo terminology that I just laid down where i said you have to do like a uh, like one of those taekwondo kicks i just said dario chucky that's not a kick that i was talking about i was talking about a sidekick dario chucky is the front snap kick do you have to yell the kicks that you're doing every time that you yeah because without that there's no honor in what you do <laughs> no no one would ever do that <laughs> 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 I'm gonna look up what Dalio Chucky means I don't, I don't know what it, uh, it might not be a good snap kick my Korean's a bit rusty yeah <laughs> it sounds like something you uh, you like yell out like right when you're about to come. Well, the, it's kind of funny that you bring that up. That <laughs> well, not that you bring that up, but it's not, it's what, not funny. It's I mean, obvious. it's what I yell out when I'm about to come. But that's why I never get laid. Is like, <laughs> you know, in the few times that it's happened, everyone has been so terrified that they they just put it up on Yelp. They're like, every time he's about to come, <laughs> he starts yelling at me in Korean. I'm scared. Like, right before you're gonna come, like you yell it, and then they just get so scared they fucking back away, and then you don't come, and then you're just like, that's so frustrated. And they're just like all of the women on Yelp. They're like, never sleep with this guy. They didn't even have a section on Yelp where you could talk about that, but we made one. Oh man. No one gets pussy off the internet, though. Like, let's be honest, bro. You get pussy off... No one gets... I don't get pussy off the internet. Have you ever tried? I don't... Someone gets pussy off the internet. But are they the people who try to get pussy off the internet? Or are they the people who just, like, market themselves on the internet and pussy comes towards them? Because the pussy game's a weird game. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, I gave up on it. Like <laughs> I gave up, that's why I switched to dick. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. The dick game, very straightforward. It's <laughs> 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 so much more simple. <laughs> oh, shit. No, but... Uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, there's like, because... Like, it, like, internet sex sites, and I'm not saying porn sites, I'm saying, like, websites that exist to, like, get you laid. <laughs> yeah. There are so many of them. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm sure that none of them work often, but there's gotta be somebody. <laughs> right, right. Somebody out there not only has has gotten laid from an internet snipe, but, but there's somebody out there 
getting a sneeze on the reg. Yeah. Which is no, a term that I like... think I stole from Family Guy. American Dad. All I know is this: is that like I met this one guy at a cigar shop. You sucked day. his dick, and you never went back. <laughs> I never went back because I was like, God, I'm such a. It's masculine so much man. easier. Than... I'm such a masculine man. What am I doing, blowing guys in the fucking cigar shop? But no. I oh was... no, I I meant you never went back to not sucking dick. Oh, like I just fully turned. Right, you were after like, this point. is this is so easy so great because i was just like hey guy in cigar shop oh you want me to suck your dick and he was like yeah that's how it worked i walked into the cigar shop and that's the first thing i said right but um no but seriously (laughs) (laughs) that guy was a big craigslister like he was all about the craigslist pussy he's like oh eugene you know you're an independent guy like you really shouldn't be held down by anything you should just get girls on the internet and like i can't imagine how you're well like not on the internet i can't imagine how you have any problem getting laid though (laughs) <laughs> like why are, why are you problem. sitting here bitching to me because i'm so <laughs> weird bro and it's like i created my people head. online that might not I know what we look like my head I'm this is like guy i know that because like what's happening right now is kind of like if some fat fucking like guy from Chicago went to Africa <laughs> and, like, found, like, a starving kid that you see from a UNICEF campaign, and he was like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. <laughs> that's that's this conversation right now. It's, Where I'm just like, that's the I, and I'm just like, no, you're not. <laughs> I don't get laid as much as I should, bro, based ah, on my personality. Cause like seriously, bro. Like, imagine if I if I was myself around a girl. Yes. I don't know. There's gotta be someone out there. Exactly, and that's the end deal. Is there's gotta be somebody out there. Mm-hmm. But like seriously. Here's all this guy. Here's this, like, oh my god, like, look at this guy. He's very attractive looking. And then immediately the personality comes in, shoots it all down. Shoots sure. it all down. You know what I mean? Well, that's why you can't talk. You have to go to, like, one of those. <laughs> yeah. You have to. You, you have to go to, like, one of those eyes wide shut parties where everybody wears Venetian masks and no one speaks and you have to have a password. And, um,. You, I didn't. I don't even know. I don't know what happened at the. I know what happened at the end of Eyes Wide Shut. Like Tom Cruise got kicked out of the sex party, and I think they killed his <laughs> wife. Other than that, that movie kind of wasn't very good. It was better than Godzilla. This one. No, Stanley Kubrick died half of the end, right? No, he died at the end of it, but, like, I think that he was probably not doing so well towards the end, where he was just like. <sighs> fuck it I'm about to die but no he did say he'd like he didn't like the movie at some point he was like this movie sucks and then he died you think the Illuminati has anything to do with that with the death of Stanley Kubrick yeah I do cause like they have something to do with everything obviously how strongly do you believe in the Illuminati <laughs> 
like none. Good. Around around zero to none percent. That's fantastic. See, and that's what's keeping me from getting pussy. The Illuminati? Nah, man. Just like I'm so schizotypical that I believe that kind of shit, you know? And that's what's keeping me from getting pussy, bro. I gotta jump outside of like my uh, no, you my don't have to illusion be... box. <clears throat> you don't have to be non-schizotypal to to get pussy. You just have to adjust your schizotype to something that believes that the Illuminati exists and they only exist to get me pussy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's the basis of the law of attraction. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I, so I, I read this secret. Oprah was like, the Illuminati only exists to get me pussy. I'm Oprah. That's why she's Oprah, Eugene. That's why she's Oprah, and I'm whatever this is. That is, that is the disparity in levels of success. <laughs> that she and I share. <laughs> but that's the issue, dude. <laughs> like, why can't I be on that Oprah tip? Why can't I be sitting on a couch right now on television doing this in front of people? Because they haven't seen it yet. Once this podcast goes out, they're going to be like, oh man, this is great. This is the best. I will put this on TV once a week and people will watch it. Dude, I get all kinds of them absinthe a lot, or other stuff, and they'll make fools of themselves. Here's the thing, Eugene is. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why I'm so like, ah, God damn it, I'm <sighs> tortured artist. Anyways, continue. Oh, I don't know. Tired. Yeah. Time to end this fucker, huh? Yeah, it's twelve thirteen. Bastards. <laughs> I don't know what the final product will end up uh, sounding like or looking like, but we're gonna get this one out there, and I think it's gonna be <laughs> the it'll best be, one yet. I think it's like I think it's good shit. It really shit. is, cause yeah. like. I think at the beginning, it was really shitty, because we were only kind of fucked up on Absinthe, and we were trying to do what we regularly do. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to But then by the end back. of it, yeah, uh, it turned into something completely different that will ultimately uh, be very interesting. I just, I'm just tortured by the fact I'm so good looking, but my personality is just so fucking terrible that I can't get laid. Uh, have you ever thought about paying for sex? <laughs> <laughs> Not you... only have I thought about it, but I've thought about it. But you've done it. Yeah, no, I've never paid for sex, bro. But one time, like, in my darkest hour, I paid for, like, a really nice fucking massage and a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why was it in your darkest hour? Because I, I paid And then for you're my... like, and a hand job. I was like, oh. I've had a <laughs> lot of dark that's hours. That's the saddest way to pay for sex. <laughs> I got to assume. Because <laughs> it was like... 
Because <laughs> that, sir, yeah. when I do get a, um, a, a, a coherent review of Godzilla out, <laughs> I'll be like, Godzilla was like paying for a massage with a hand job. <laughs> what sounds bad about that, though? Here's the thing. Because it's going to be a subpar massage and a hand job. Whereas, <laughs> if you had paid, paid for, for a, a massage, really good, legitimate like, massage, see, and you know if what? you would have... If you would have paid for a really good legitimate massage, that would be great. Or if you'd have just gone all out and paid for like a regular hooker, that would have been great. But what you did was a sad imitation of <laughs> both. <laughs> it, I, w- I was talking to somebody about this recently, and I'm like, bro, I'm not about to get like a fucking half-ass massage and then like a fucking hand job, you know? Like, if I'm gonna get a hand job and a massage, I want like a pro masseuse. Who studied masseusing for mm-hmm. years and just has decided to give hand jobs as well? They were just like, you know what, this isn't doing it anymore. We need both. Right. Yeah, dude. But not nah, that person's probably out there. Right. You know, in Nevada, where I remember this coming up in the news, in Nevada, where prostitution is legal, massage envy. The, uh, I guess they're a big national chain. We have them all around here. I thought it, I, I've heard of it before. I didn't realize it was a national chain. But Massage Envy in Nevada is giving out hand jobs now because it's legal. I imagine that that is where you would find what you're talking about to an extent. I just want the greatest massage ever followed by what I would assume is like, because nobody really cares for a hand job. A hand job is something that you could do on your own the best. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you give me, like, an A-rated quality massage, like, I literally need, like, my shoulders untensioned, and, like, my lower back has a lot of stress, and then at the end, right when you, like, unfucking stress the tension in my back, if you just jerk me off a little bit, make me come, then... That is the best. So, like, really, the hand job is nothing you need to fucking so like, like. Well, really, the best, the best would be if they were just doing such a good job at the regular massage and tensing your <laughs> that you just that I blew fucking a nut. Blew right. <laughs> You couldn't even help it. You were just like, oh my god, this is Like, seriously, if he could get it at that point, then I wouldn't even, like... I'd, I'd stop all of my blasphemous ways. I'd just go for her fucking back massages all day, because I got a lot of tension in my shoulders, ladies. <laughs> Indeed. You heard it here first, ladies. <laughs> ladies. Eugene has a lot of tension. This is going to be so much ass. Yeah. But, um, but nah, seriously, it's a personality problem, deal with it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like, that, like, I don't know. There's gotta be people out there, and I'm, I'm not even musing about this. I'm saying that there are people out there that don't give a fuck about that. That are just gonna sleep with you by virtue of the fact that they're not looking for a relationship. So quit your bitching, go find those people, and then report back, and we'll talk about it on next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
that you are right. <laughs> I need to go out there and just be shallow as fuck. Right. And with that being said, I think that draws this one to a conclusion. I'm Jamie Selman. <clears throat> I'm Bruce Willis. Have a week. <laughs> <laughs>